Good morning. I'm Tim Neubauer, and welcome to Safety Unlocked, the morning podcast. And I'm Dave Bittner. Today is Tuesday, September 5th, 2023. And I'm Craig Edwards. And we're going to look at what today is. Monday, September 4th, 5th. National Be Late for Something Day. You were late um, on your response. I, <laughs> that, that's I correct. Think, I, I was. I think this should I'm be my than, national uh, sister Pat Day. She she is late to everything. Uh, uh, although nothing beats my uh, my wife has a cousin who was late for her own funeral, and that is the gospel truth. <laughs> You awesome. can do that, but okay. <laughs> it's it's uh, the 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 body was not transported to the church on time where everybody was waiting for the actual service. Um, ah, there was a logistical issue with the with the transportation vehicle, and she was thirty minutes late for her own funeral, which made all of her siblings laugh because she was literally late for everything her whole life, and they joked that she'd be late for her own funeral. And darn. She was late for her own funeral. If it if it didn't happen, she may have planned that in advance with somebody. I'm thinking, could be, could have been. That that, that would have been fun. I'm going to give her credit for for beyond the grave help. Okay, <laughs> you should, you should. I'd like to think of it that way. Truth in uh, in 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 honesty in our podcast, I am suffering from a uh, upper respiratory sinus post nasal drip coffee thing. So uh, if I sound like I have a whole lot of bass and snifflies, and uh, I'm drinking my tea, and Craig, I think you are suffering from a similar malady. That's correct, Tim. Um, I just I have a sore throat, so I told Dave I'd have the uh, saline spray on hand uh so i could uh, can uh, continue on uh, i'm glad things are not uh contagious through teams meetings i'll just stay <laughs> right here where i am thank you never well heard of we're just we're... virus <laughs> oh man okay yeah, yeah. so we need Please to have, move forward to have another the... day <laughs> we, we we need to have that that sound canned guys <laughs> oh oh yeah mm-hmm. um <laughs> that goes right along with the back national act dumb day so i had to grab hold of what <laughs> what, uh, what? You act? <laughs> i think the uh, i think the iq in the room raised uh for a minute when uh when dave's <laughs> cat walked by <laughs> <laughs> In his defense, he's pretty smart. In the other it's days, true. we uh, days of the uh, uh, we need to discuss. Yeah, what about food, Craig? Is there a food today? Well, it is uh, my kids' favorite day because it's National Cheese Pizza Day. Um, oh, yes. Now, uh, uh, the Wolverine—that's uh, that's that's my son's nickname because he just airs into everything. It, you could put anything on a pizza, he'd eat it. Um, the Teen Queen is just like, yeah, no, it's only cheese pizza for me. Thank you. So, well, well, you know, growing up in the Northeast, I always said that is the litmus test for a good pizza. You have to try the cheese pizza pure first, 
if it passes that test, then you can start adding stuff. Well, I've, I've had pizza from, uh, from Chicago. I've had the deep dish pizza from Chicago, uh, and I've had New York pizza and I, I'll be honest with you guys. I, and I, you know, if there's anybody from, you know, uh, the Midwest, anybody from, from the New York area, they'll probably hate me for saying this. Pizza tastes like pizza. I mean, it's, it's one sticker than the other. That's about it. So I have to ask a question, you guys. It's an informal poll, and it's a litmus test for me. It drives me nuts. And I hear people ask for, I would like a cheese and pepperoni pizza. I thought cheese was a base ingredient but with crust, sauce, cheese. So pepperoni is the add-on, sausage the add-on, onions the add-on, peppers add-on. You would never say, I want a cheese pizza unless that's all you want is a plain cheese pizza. Yet yesterday i heard somebody order i want like a cheese pepperoni and sausage pizza like is that like an add-on you have to ask for no no it is it, it is, is part of the original principle. ingredients yeah yeah yes. he had like a pizza with uh bread crust uh 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 cheese but no sauce oh focaccia bread <laughs> well you can order it that way either way no no cheese or no sauce but it's not Why? pizza then. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, I'm kind of with you. I like trying to cheese pizza first and we get to add on the other stuff. And being from Wisconsin, I do like their pizza over Chicago or New York pizza. But it's just a generic Midwest thing. And, and I will say in, in reference to the Chicago and New York, New York style pizza. That. I find them to be different experiences. They they taste very similar, but the you know to me like a Chicago pizza is like a, a bigger meal. You know, yeah. It, it, you know, New York is to me it's just a different experience, and probably from the textures. But you know, I I like them both. I mean, to be honest, please don't kick me out of the Northeast forever. Oh wait, I live in the South now. Who cares? <laughs> when in New York, I'll eat New York. When in Chicago, I'll eat Chicago. When everybody else, I'll eat pizza. Pizza is just pizza. Well, and I'm Good just stuff. saying they're they're different experiences for me. So it's like comparing apple and oranges. Yeah. Talk about uh, comparing things and measuring things we like or don't like. Um, it's the uh, first Tuesday of the month, and it's always a good time. I know here at Exceed Safety, we. Uh, we measure our success at the end of each month by going back and looking at what we've done to make our clients safer. Uh, and I want to bring you guys into the conversation and say, how do you measure success or how should our listeners measure success of their safety program? And how often do you think they should be looking at the metrics? Craig, you uh, got some feedback on there? Craig is frozen. He's frozen. He doesn't want to answer. Dave, what do you think? What's a measure of success? A measure of success in your safety. Well, at the end of the month, at the end of the month, I say, Dave, how did uh, how did client one two three do um, this month safety wise? What what have they done to be safer? How do you measure that they're that they're being safer? Well, so if you're looking at the uh, 
if you're looking at their their monthly report, you're going to look at percentages of uh, um, of uh, of dings on their report. So how many how many uh, shortcomings do they have on their report, and have they made improvement? So you have you have two comparative metrics there. So you can see if your if your your efforts are coming to fruition through those numbers and through those metrics. Um, that's that's not you can use corrective actions, but I think the better measure there is are the past corrective actions, are they working? So you're looking at how many incidents, how many incidents, how many events or unsafe actions, acts or conditions that I identify is a measure and the less you find, uh, therefore the safer they might be. But then you went on to say that are they repeat? or when we came up with the corrective action that solve it correct 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 so craig you back with us again maybe okay so that that actually sounds like find them and fix them which is a great old slogan you find a hazard you fix it if they find if you fix it twice you didn't actually fix it you just put the band-aid on top of there um um there's two schools of thought on on um, on measurement is leading indicators and lagging indicators or proactive measures or reactive measures. So when you look at I want to have we had no injuries last month, that is actually not a good measure of success. It's a byproduct of something you've done to prevent that injury. That's what they call lagging indicator or lack of a negative. So, so Dave, your measure of finding hazards and fixing them are actually good proactive measures. Um, other measures um, that I like are are proactive things such as uh, procedures. To am I reviewing the procedure for accuracy and updating it prior to us actually needing to review the procedure, or or a training aspect? Am I am I working towards uh, reaching my training goal so I don't have to do everything in the last day of the quarter to catch up on there. Um, you you stole the words weird. right out of my mouth. That was going to be my next thought was, <laughs> you know, is, is your training up to date and are you reviewing your training for effectiveness? Um, uh, again, a, another proactive means. Craig, you worked in the um, uh, food industry, transportation industry. You've worked in, uh, in hazardous waste. Talk to me about uh, some measures of success with the safety program uh, that you are fond of in those environments. So, um, one of the one of the measures that that we used from a, from a leading indicator um, was uh, near miss reporting, um, being able to uh, identify something that could have gone wrong and then putting in corrective actions to to uh, fix them uh, this could be done through uh, safety uh, committee uh, audits it could be uh, incentivizing uh, individual employees to to report those getting them the tools to report them uh, Either through a you know a little box that you write a piece of paper or direct communication with the supervisor uh, or an app on the phone, and we 
typically don't want people carrying their phone on the production floor uh, because that tends to lead to uh, distractions, right? Uh, Another near miss nonconformance that would lead to a uh, a report. <laughs> correct. Um, but one of the things that that Dave will probably be familiar with is uh, we used to do uh, behavior based safety observations, and that would be to you trained people to do a specific task uh, according to their JSA, uh, and then once they've been trained on that, you would follow up that training with <clears throat> excuse me you follow up that training with observations uh, they could be documented or they could you know you maybe you wouldn't even have to document them but it was just getting out there and observing how your employees do their tasks uh, and making on the spot corrections uh, so that what could be um, an incident uh, in in the offing can be uh, headed off uh, and corrected before it becomes uh, an incident. So, I mean, there's there's lots of different ways to 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 look at leading indicators. You guys, I think you already talked about um, training uh, and uh, measuring success of that training, because anybody can put anybody in front of a, a learning management system, a video or what have you. Be like, watch this. Okay, did I get anything out of that? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but um, as the three of us are seasoned, uh, as we age, we all learn differently, and you have to adjust your training to ensure that uh, your audience, uh, their their expectations are met, and that what you're training them on is understood. So that's actually a great that, topic for uh, for tomorrow of different ways people learn and how we need to be uh, sensitive to that. Um, so pro tip on the on the observations, um, I learned that if I would kind of uh, do those observations obliquely, in other words, uh, <laughs> not let the person know that I was observing them, I would get a I would get a better snapshot of what they actually do on a daily basis. So, you, you know, you could be pretending to do something else and kind of peeking at them every once in a while and seeing what their behaviors are. Um, you know, some some ingrained patterns are hard to get rid of, but uh, yeah, there's a few that that folks will cover up if they they think or know that you're you're watching them. So intentionally or unintentionally, they, they definitely change the way they work. Good. Hey, um, I want to change the, the topic uh, uh, slightly. How often should we be reviewing these measures? In your opinion, well, let, let's say training, should we be looking at it quarterly, annually? Well, in, in my experience, um, typically uh, review the training on an annual basis uh, unless there was a, a change uh, in the standard to which that training was was tied to or there's a change in your process or you've introduced new equipment there's multiple um, things that could could change when you review it but a best management practice at least in my experience has been to do it on an annual basis so um, here at Exceed Safety, at the end of each month, we um, we look at um, items identified in physical hazard 
um, walkthroughs and then we look at corrective actions and we then evaluate, say, with the corrective actions fixed. Uh, talk a little bit, uh, Craig, about your experience and how often we should be uh, other organizations might need to be doing that because we do that with most of our clients on a monthly basis. Is that a good uh, a rule of thumb across the board in your experience? Craig, you're muted. I would say yes. The more times that you um, review, uh, you're always um, uh, capable of finding um, ways to improve and to make uh, make that better. Um, if I understood the question correctly. Well, the, the the flip side of that, Craig, is 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 a month is a month too much or not enough. So for me, when I when I look at a month, is just me. It's a good calendar uh, point that I pick up because if you ask me to look every Monday about last week's nonconformances, safety has identified and whether we fix them in some environments, especially with newer clients who are struggling, that might be a a good time period. But um, I can see. And, and I'm sure you've experienced that as soon as I do it every week, then that does the, hey, let's have a daily review of all these, um, you know. So the question is, is a quarter every three months better or is monthly better or or am I waiting too long and should I be doing this weekly? So that, that really is going to depend on the level of um, safety uh, awareness or culture. Uh, that you're you're managing to if you have someone who just let's say they have uh their incidence rates are in the teens then you know doing a daily or weekly review of nonconformances is going to get them in the habit of looking for them at least that's that's in in my experience you can uh you know bring those folks along saying look the more we pay, the more the more attention we pay to the nonconformances that we're seeing now, then the better we're going to be as we move forward in time. And then we can start stretching out our review period from daily to weekly, weekly to biweekly to monthly to quarterly uh, to whatever that, you know, if you get to the point where you're being very successful in your safety uh, culture then you could push it out to, you know, we're going to do an annual review. But I can tell you there are some there are some instances where the daily uh, backfires. And there are some, uh, in my experience, there are some entities that no matter what you do, no matter how hard you push, the resistance to uh, getting to that point is significant. So you have to, you know, circle back and go, okay, how can I make this more apparent to, you know, our customer, our client, our organization, uh, that this is important, not only from the standpoint of making the job site, the plant, uh, the facility safer, but increasing employee engagement and retention because people don't want to work in a place where they're not, where they don't feel safe. 
Yeah, I think the I, to what Craig's saying. So, since that's a big part of what I do, um, Craig was spot on with how I'm doing it. Uh, so once a week with the 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 uh, clients we have that need more attention, they're they're getting a, a review every week. The ones that are a little better, once every about once every two weeks or once a month. Um, and it shows in the number of corrective actions they need, so they get a more thorough review. Um, and yeah, the in-your-face everyday approach, yeah, your chances of meeting resistance become a lot more, and you're just constantly reminding somebody of everything that they feel they're not doing right. And that's not, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think there's a lot of value there. And that's just my opinion. Hey, I could be wrong, but in my opinion, I, I don't well, think that's the best approach. Dave, I actually think you're, you're spot on, is and, and and Craig as well, is that we have clients or, or you have a we have people we deal with who who have a myriad of issues and they need to evaluate more often and review that data than once we're more uh, mature in process. They can review that at longer intervals, uh, and it's really a case by by case basis um but i think we all agree we have to measure success because if you're not measuring it you have no idea if you're tracking the right way or the wrong way or if what you're doing is working or not working that's correct tim and and one of the ways to do that is is through the auditing process right that's another um leading indicator that that can be used uh to determine you know your your uh progress toward whatever goal it is that you've set, whether it's a reduction in, in total recordable, uh, a reduction in the total number of injuries, whether they're recordable first aid or, uh, you know, incident only type, uh, you know, where somebody got a hangnail or, you know, got a, got a uh, uh, slight laceration on their finger. Um, you know, there, there's, it's an old saying, but there are you know multiple ways, many roads to Rome. Mm -hmm. So uh, not all those roads are going to be paved. <laughs> Some of them are going to be quite lumpy, but with those lumps comes experience, and with that experience um, comes success because you you're you're not going to be perfect out the gate. No one is, uh, right. but you you build on you build on the learnings some people call them mistakes uh but you build upon that to get to where you need to be so failure is not a dirty word uh it's an opportunity to learn and to move forward is and that old uh, that old edison saying i didn't fail ten thousand ways to light make a light bulb i found nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine ways to not make a light bulb <laughs> um, yeah, learning learning from those mistakes. Guys, great conversation. Uh, we're going to wrap this up today within our 30-minute uh, window we promised to our listeners. And that wraps up this episode of Safety Unlocked, The Morning Show. I'm Tim Neubauer with Craig Edwards and Dave Bittner. I'm Dave Bittner. Remember, safety is everyone's business. And I'm Craig Edwards. Uh, make it a safe day. You have been listening to Safety Unlocked, The Morning Show a podcast for safety people by safety people brought to you by exceed safety 
a full-spectrum consulting firm. Visit our website at ExceedSafety.com or call us at 919-728-SAFE. Exceed Safety.